0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Coogee Voice. Today, we're talking with Ryan Mangan from the Clovelly Crocs. Today, we unpack the rich and diverse history of this wonderful rugby league club, how they got their name, and how you can get involved in the different forms of the game we all love to play, rugby league. You're listening to Coogee Voice.
1: Yeah, look, I think... Undoubtedly, it's our people. It's the sense of community. You know, the community really values this little patch of paradise that is that is Clovelly, and the time and the effort that the community, parents, or or just general volunteers, put into the club is extraordinary. The game's constantly evolving, and it's still evolving. It's evolving the very minute we speak. As as New South Wales Rugby League tries to put together a format for some of the juniors but some of the changes that are coming in uh, from under 6s they're going to start introducing uh, kids to the game via a, a, a tag format and whilst they're playing tag for perhaps half of the season they'll actually start uh, at training with uh, qualified coaches who have been through the courses uh, a tackle ready program.
0: Ryan, welcome to Coogee Voice. How are you going today?
1: Well, thanks, Marjorie. Thank you for inviting me on behalf of the Cleverly Crocodiles.
0: It's a pleasure to have you here. Before we start talking about the great game of rugby league and the Chloe Crocs, tell us a bit about your connection to the eastern suburbs.
1: Sure. So I moved here in 2008, uh, working in the city at the time, uh, still playing rugby league out, at, uh, out in the country competition out at Camden. And yeah, I moved to be closer to work, I guess, and uh, eventually I ended up playing my last year of contact rugby league for the Coogee Dolphins.
0: Oh, another great rugby league team that we have also interviewed here on the show. What do you love most about the East?
1: Oh, it has to be the beaches, doesn't it? Just (laughs) being able to wake up in the morning, go for a swim, probably the best way to start your day. So I think that's probably uh, the, the thing that drew me to the East from the very beginning
0: post-rugby league game recovery sessions down in the bay. Indeed. And if there was one thing you could change, what would it be?
1: If there was one thing I could change, I guess I wish I had done it a lot earlier. Um, but, of course, you, you can't change your past. You can't change where you grow up. And I'm very thankful that I'm, that I'm, I'm here eventually.
0: We're going to get into the Crocs. But you yourself, you're still playing, league. How would you get into it? You're still playing?
1: Yeah. I, my story was under sixes. I was playing uh, soccer for Eskol Park Soccer Club, and I was probably the most aggressive kid on the field. <laughs> Not too many sixes get sent off, but I got sent off for slide tackling uh, one too many players. Uh, I did take the best of Ferris that year, and I turned to my dad, and my dad turned to me, who, who himself was a great rugby league player, and I said, Dad, time for rugby league. And he goes, I think so. So under sevens, uh, I started playing rugby league for Eaglevale St. Andrews out in the Western Suburbs Magpies competition. Uh, My father was the coach, he coached me, he coached my sister netball, he coached my brother football as well, and yeah, I played up until the age of 16 in that competition, then moved into the Group 6 Country Rugby League competition from the age of 18, uh, all the way up to about 23, and then joined um, the Coogee Dolphins at the age of 25 before suffering a broken jaw, and that was the the end of my contact uh, rugby league career
0: the end of your contact rugby league career, um, we'll get into the different forms of the game because I think one of the things that sometimes repels or stops people from wanting to get involved in league is the idea that there's only one form of the game and it's contact and it could be dangerous, but you're playing a non-contact version of the game, aren't you now?
1: That's right. I'm still playing. So I took it back up uh, last year. I'm ripe old age of uh, over 35, so I get to enter that competition now. Uh, playing for Carringbar Bar de la Salle in the uh, Cronulla competition. Uh, so over 35s, uh, full rugby league rules, but it's tag, So it's uh, fantastic uh, for the older crowd um, and still looks super fast-paced, uh, super physical still. Uh, I think I still took a couple of hits last year and uh, amazing skill. Plenty of first-grade rugby league players, still pl- uh, former first-grade rugby league players, still playing in that competition. So really, really fun. Really enjoy it.
0: You're an Eastern Suburbs local now. There's one really, really controversial question. Souths or roosters?
1: If I had to, roosters, but deep down I'm a doggie at heart. Oh! <laughs> that's going that's to paint a lot of people I know. <laughs> but look, my kids are born and bred roosters now, so I'll have to side with them. Uh,
0: that's also fighting words for part of the electorate. <laughs> Tell us about the Crocs. Great rugby league. Club that's located in the eastern suburbs? Yeah,
1: the Crocs. Look, um, 1918, if you can believe, is when the Crocs started. It wasn't known as the Crocs back then. It was Clovelly Rugby League Club that just steeped in history. It was part of the the, uh, life-saving club uh, at Clovelly. And I guess in the winter, it was a bit cold to swim, so the uh, men were looking for something else to do uh, during the winter, so they started playing rugby league. Of course, this was at the time of World War I, so um, it was uh, not, not the easiest of times. And back then, Clovelly was actually uh, quite a working class sub. It was actually known as Poverty Point, um, which is uh, quite remarkable given the, the multi-million dollar properties there these days. But um, So, yeah, they were looking for something to do and, and they started the rugby league club. And it was a senior club at, at that stage. Uh, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't for juniors at the time. But it wasn't until probably after World War II um, where the club really started taking off. Men coming home, a bit disillusioned, uh, looking for some um, direction, looking for some community, uh, and looking to, to band together with, um, with a few mates. And so that's when the, uh, the Calavelli Rugby League Club really started taking off. Uh, 1960s, the committee at the time uh, built Burroughs Park. Uh, which was sand dunes. It was a site of an old fortification uh, back from the 1890s. And they used the bricks left over from the building of Clovelly Bowling Club and actually built the clubhouse that still stands there today, Um, which is quite remarkable um, and a testament to, I guess, the commitment of the volunteers in that club. So, you know, really, really strong history. Throughout the 80s, club starts winning competitions. We also then changed our name to... uh, the crocodiles. Uh, there's there's various rumours of how that name came up. Um, I, I can't go into a lot of detail because um, it's probably not appropriate. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, it's it's uh, rumoured that uh, one of the teams are playing so poorly on a particular day that the coach yelled out, "You're a bunch of crocodiles," and and the name stuck. So from the 1980s, we were renamed as the Cleverly Crocodiles. Moved into the 90s, uh, actually the club really struggled and. We didn't have enough players at one point there to field two junior teams, and so the club was almost extinct. But once again, through the, the spirit of the community around Clovelli, um, and a few uh, old heads from the 60s and 70s came back and reinvigorated the club, built the club back up from almost nothing uh, to, to the great club it is today. We move through to more modern times, and and the club is is you know really expanding and and growing really strongly. Last year, the Cloverley Crocodiles uh, had three hundred and seventy five registered players, which is remarkable, and that's from one hundred and twenty six in two thousand and sixteen. So in that short space of time, just an enormous amount of growth. Twenty four teams. Uh, this year again, we will we will go very close to that, probably about three hundred and fifty players. Twenty three teams. And um, remarkable growth, particularly in 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 our women, which we can talk about uh, shortly, but just unbelievable to see a club grow over both 2020 and 2021, two obviously COVID-impacted years. Yeah, the Clovelli Crocodiles um, come out, you know, never stronger. Basically,
0: wow, that is incredibly rich and diverse history. Uh, whether or not you're a rugby league player or not, it's a deep history of the eastern suburbs um, and a sporting institution that has been there throughout so much change. For you, what do you think differentiates the Crocs from other rugby league teams and sporting clubs around the east?
1: Yeah, look, I think undoubtedly it's our people. It, it's the sense of community. You know, the community really values this little patch of paradise that is that is Clovelly. Um, and and the time and the effort that the community parents or, or just general volunteers put into the club is extraordinary. All the way back into the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, President Harry McEwen, for three decades, he was quite a wealthy man in his own right. He was a bookmaker. For three decades, he personally, financially backed the club and and that's just an example, which continues today of, of how much these volunteers just put in for no other reason other than just the love of the game and 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 the will to give back. So it's it's in it's undoubtedly our people, um, and also our sponsors. So we have some amazing sponsors uh, that have been longtime partners of the club, and also some new ones. But you know, long time spa- sponsors like Juggle Street, uh, Lion Eyes, Home Real Estate, and Visa Global Logistics, uh, who was actually. The person organising that sponsorship was actually a former player. And for five straight years, they provide just extraordinary financial backing for the club. And now we've got some fantastic um, new sponsors uh, like uh, Big George's Burgers, which is not far from where we sit today uh, down the road. Some great burgers are here. They've got a burger called the Sinbin Burger, so it's it's worth a try. And and we've got some new sponsors like Laver Residential as well, um, who are the club's sleeve sponsor this year. And then you've got some sponsors who actually have nothing to do with the club. And one of those great examples is Andrew's lawnmowers at Maroubra, and he has zero connection to the club and is probably the longest-running sponsor that the club has ever had, which is extraordinary, um, as, as well as people like Bendigo Bank as well, which have provided you know, some great assistance to the club over the years.
0: Wow. And thank you to all these sponsors that make this great community club Indeed. tick over. You're speaking about former players. Anyone famous come from the Crocs?
1: Look, there are a few for a you know relatively small club in, in the grand scheme of rugby league. Um, actually, some pretty good talent. Uh, I, I have to go and dig up the history books for some of these, um, and they're not quite too familiar with me, uh, with me but um, Des O'Reilly, Ken McMorrow, uh, Paul Cross, and then Paul Cross's son, uh, Ryan Cross, who was a rugby union's national, as you would know, Marjorie, uh, also played for the Roosters. Uh, and then I guess in more modern times, Sean Kenny Dow. Kiwi uh, International, now uh, played for the Roosters as well, now plays Super League in the UK. Lachlan Lamb, son of uh, our uh, favourite son, uh, Adrian Lamb, of course, who uh, is a, a, a Roosters uh, legend. Uh, and of course, Victor the Enforcer, Radley, uh, who is uh, one of our most famous sons of Clovelly Crocodiles, um, born and bred Clovelly and born and bred the Crocs. So yeah, some some pretty extraordinary talent that the, uh, the club has offered up to the Game of Rugby League.
0: Ryan, you've spoken about the growth of the game and in particular the fact that it's grown even throughout COVID where we've actually Mm. seen a fair bit of people withdrawing, unfortunately, from our community and society. One of the things we talk about a lot on Coogee Voice is around mental health and the role that exercise and getting involved in community can play in helping tackle some of these issues. I guess why do you think kids should get involved in team sport in league do you have thoughts on this yeah
1: look i think besides the obvious benefits which you point out uh fitness physical skills strength i think sport builds this invaluable skill of of teamwork and you know whether you continue to play sport you know for the next 10 20 30 years or whether you're entering the workforce it's just such an invaluable skill to have um and also, you establish these friendships, which can last years, or in some cases, lifetimes. You know, my best mate is is uh, someone that I met at the age of eighteen playing rugby league, um, and and I continue to meet new friends uh, through the sport, both at the club and and where I'm currently playing. So I think um, it, it provides this sense of community that and, and this connection to community that you can you can enjoy and be a part of if you're part of the club. So I think. For, for kids, that's the reason that I would play. And, you know, I, I say, as I say to my son, it's not about winning the grand finals or it's not about, you know, winning first division or, or whatever it might be. It's about being on the bus when you're 18, 19, 20 and you're on there with your mates, you know, going for a tour somewhere and having a great time. That, that's what you're playing for. Um, certainly, that's what I play for. For adults, I think it's also such an you know, extraordinary thing to be a part of. Uh, it allows you to give back, and it's the very reason I'm sitting here today uh, talking about the great club of Clovelli, and I think you know, when you're a kid, you don't notice what goes on behind the scenes, and I think back now, and I look back and go, look at my father, who coached three kids as long as he could possibly coach. I still invite him to coach my, my boys at the moment. Uh, I look at all the people in the committee and the volunteers over those years, and you just think, wow, like these are extraordinary people that do it. For no financial benefit, there's nothing in it for them other than the love of the game and the fulfilment that it gives you, and, and that's that's why I do it. That's why my committee does it. That's why our volunteers do it. So it's an it's a it's a fantastic way to give back and and get that real sense of enjoyment and fulfilment from doing so.
0: Here, yeah. and I have to reiterate what you've said. Some of my closest friends now, are women who I met when I was playing Union. And we're side-by-side-by on a pitch and we've had some of the most horrendous seasons where we've had our asses handed to us, but the bonds that you make on buses uh, and there's nothing like the friendships you form with people when you're down in the trenches and you're miserable (laughs) and you get to see through that together.
1: Indeed. Exactly.
0: You've spoken about the growth of the game and in particular the girls' and the women's game. Tell us a bit about that at the Crocs.
1: Yeah, so... Five years ago, we celebrated our centenary. Uh, we had a big, um, a big function at Randwick uh, Racecourse, which was 475 people, I think, attended. It, w- it was, a, you know, a magical night. It was fantastic. And at the time, I remember the club talking um, to, I think, the local uh, beast paper, and, and in there, it's written the club currently has two females, uh, one of which was in my side at the time, and it certainly was something the club was looking to focus over the time. Well, since then, four years ago, we started our first all-female league tag team. So league tag is a form of the game, zero contact, uh, 100% NRL rules, but tag. So it, it, it's, it's, it's exactly what I play at the moment. It's really, really fun, really fast, um, and, and, and really skillful. And so we started with one team. This year, we should have four all-women league tag teams from under 13s, 15s, 17s. And the best part is, in three decades, for the last two years, we have our first ever senior team at Clovelli Crocodiles, and it's all women league tag. So we now have over 50 female players in our club from two, only five years ago, which is extraordinary. And to be honest, we, we hope that it, it continues to build and, and, and we can do a lot more.
0: That is absolutely remarkable and you were sort of fed into one of my next questions, which is, you know, a lot of people do get a bit put off by wanting to get involved in league because they think it's really rough, it's dangerous. I don't say it's a contact sport. I think that league and union are collision sports, they're <laughs> high impact <laughs> collision sports. Um, my nose is completely not functional because <laughs> of, you know, 20 years of playing union The reality is there are these really different forms of the game, which are from high-end contact uh, down to less contact. How can people find out more about these different forms of the game and get involved?
1: Yeah, so look, the game's constantly evolving, and it's still evolving, and it's evolving the very minute we speak, as as New South Wales Rugby League tries to put together a format for some of the juniors. But some of the changes that are coming in uh, from under 6s they're going to start introducing Uh, kids to the game via a a tag format and whilst they're playing tag for perhaps half of the season they'll actually start uh, at training with uh, qualified coaches who've been through the courses uh, a tackle ready program which teaches them the skills so they're not getting out there in the first game and uh, trying to learn how to play the ball while at the same time they've got someone running at them you know trying trying to tackle them at the same time that's pretty difficult for a five-year-old so I think those sorts of changes are really good introductions, and they're not without their controversy amongst uh, some rugby league uh, diehards. Uh, but I'm, you know, very supportive. I think it's a it's the way to to uh, increase the longevity of the game and increase participation. So those those um, formats are still being developed and, and still being decided upon by New South Wales rugby league. So that's something exciting to look forward to. But as we said, you know, league Tag's is just a, a fantastic new format that's been developed over the last sort of four or five years that um, women in our club in particular can play and they get the full benefits of a full international field, kicking whenever you want. Um, so it's not OzTag; it is rugby league, but with tags. Um, and there's some slight differences in the way you 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 can't spin through players and things like that to make it a, a real authentic rugby league experience. Um, I'm playing that now over 35s in Cronulla. I thought I was, you know, at, at the ripe age of uh, 36, I thought I was going to absolutely carve it up. I didn't. <laughs> there's some re- remarkably good players at the age of 50, I can assure you. And, uh, and it's been a while since I've played on a 100-meter on a uh, long field. Um, so it's, uh, it's certainly got its challenges. But these are some of the new introductions to the game. Obviously, there's still the full tackle experience for both women uh, and, and, and boys all the way up to the age of 12 mixed. From thirteen plus women, then split into their own tackle competitions, um, and the boys in their own tackle competitions. So there's kind of something for everyone. And I would say to the parents, and I and I know it, it can it can often uh, be a bit daunting throwing your your five year old little Johnny into into uh, rugby league. But it is one thing you need to remember: they're playing against people of their same of their same age, and there are also rules around weight uh, dispensation now as well. You can play up uh or you can play down depending on your weight. You know, whilst it is a little bit daunting, you have to remember you're playing against young kids of the same age, of the same weight, and therefore the impact actually isn't that much uh, at a young age. But as you say, as you get older and uh you, you haven't got a functioning nose and I haven't got a functioning jaw at the age of 25. Um so uh, those things do happen, but um you know, that's your choice at that age. <laughs>
0: Uh, the 2022 season is about to kick off. Any names of Crocs players we should be keeping an eye out for?
1: Ooh, I think our Opens Girls League Tag team are going to be a force to be reckoned with. We've got some pretty strong recruits from from all over the Sydney region, so I'm looking forward to to them. Um, I'm also looking forward to our under nines who join the Balmain competition. So from under nines upwards, we combine Roosters and Balmain. Um, we've got um, some pretty phenomenal players there, uh, particularly in our under-iron blues. We're going to have a crack at first division this year. And the other age group where I'm really looking forward to are our 11s. So quite extraordinary that we have three first division under 11s uh, teams in the Cloverley Crocodiles. While many clubs you know, may struggle to field one, we have three. So extraordinary. I'm looking forward to see how uh, how they go, particularly when we get to... Have Clovelly versus Clovelly. That'll be a fun, fun afternoon.
0: Wow. Just wow. Right, before I let you go, there are three very tough questions we ask all of our guests that come onto to Coogee Voice. You must declare the best beach in the eastern suburbs, where sells the best coffee, and where you can get the best burger. Go.
1: Okay. This has changed for me. Beach is now Clovelly. And when I first moved to the east, I was like, why would you have a beach with concrete? It's ridiculous. <laughs> and now I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's easy. It's easy. Um, so definitely Coveli for me. Um, also some great snorkeling there. Um, swim down, have a look at the Gropers and all the rest of it. It's pretty amazing. Best coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee, so I can't tell you what the best coffee is, um, but I can tell you where you can get the best mango smoothie, and that's at Melonhead on Coogee Bay Road. <laughs> best burger, uh, Little L, down on Coogee Bay Road. Now, they used to do a really good lentil burger, and and if they're listening, I, I, I request that they bring that back, but otherwise, the chicken burger is pretty good, too.
0: And Ryan, if people would like to learn more about the Crocs, get their kids involved, or they themselves start playing, where should they head to?
1: Yep, pretty easy, Um We've got information on all the formats of the game and uh, and there's a little button there to request more information and uh, it'll come direct to me and we'll get in touch and uh, look forward to seeing anyone else join the club.
0: Ryan, thanks for joining us on Coogee Voice.
1: Been a pleasure, Marjorie. Thank you.
0: What an uplifting conversation. Now, if you'd like to get involved, regardless of your age, sex or gender, check out the Clovelly Crocs at Clovellicrocs.com. You've been listening to Coogee Voice.